Welcome to this week's edition of the Contact Centre podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Mitchell, and I'm the Features Editor here at Call Centre Helper. In this episode, we'll be looking at the topic of the Contact Centre Advisor of the Future with Martin Dukes, a highly experienced consultant in all areas of customer service and the customer experience. Martin recently wrote a popular article for Call Centre Helper on this topic, and he builds on some of his ideas in our conversation, which we begin by discussing how Contact Centre work is becoming more and more complex. A number of people that I've, I've read in the past have predicted, you know, the uh, self-service and automation is is the end of the contact centre. I think it's actually another stage, another stage of evolution. And I think contact centres will be starting to do more and more of the end-to-end service. Organisations will become less driven by an average handling time and more driven by the solution and the outcome. One of the key things for contact centres in their future strategies is how do we make sure that all of the knowledge that this person requires is available to them in a format that's easy for them to use and easy for them to translate into customer-friendly terms. This episode of the Contact Centre podcast is sponsored by Genesis. Genesis is the global leader in omni-channel customer experience and contact center solutions. More than 11,000 companies in over 100 countries trust the Genesis customer experience platform to help them connect effortlessly with consumers across any channel, voice, text, web chat, and social. If you would like to see a demonstration of the Genesis Pure Cloud contact center platform, visit callcenterhelper.com forward slash demo. So with self-service taking up much more of the transactional contact reasons, will the role of the contact centre advisor become more complex, do you think? Yes, I think I think it will, Charlie. I think its complexity is, is one of the changes, but I think that generally what we are thinking we will see is that there will be a lot more transactions, interactions that are delivered through self-service and automation. And predominantly those being the more simpler ones. So where you start to get more complex requirements or where things don't run as smoothly as possible, as you would like, then that's the opportunity then to for the, the customer to contact the contact center and enable them to focus on delivering probably a different type of service. It's, I think it's going to be more solution-driven rather than just providing an answer or just completing a a transaction. So that's something that's quite exciting, I would hope, for some advisors. I would just say, though, it's not only the the self-service that's going to create the change. I also think that the type of services that organizations are delivering now are more complex, and whether that's through integrated technology or various components of of an interaction, of a a transaction, it could be a wide range of things. You know, you look at um, buying your groceries online, you know, there's often a need to, to do something of that nature. I think most people are now are buying more and more that's delivered and there's there's issues with deliveries that need an extra contact to, to, to sort things out. So I, I definitely think that the role will be changing. And also the, the role of the organization itself as it changes. So from a contact center, I also see the future being one that's quite rich a number of people that I've, I've read in the past have predicted, you know, the uh, self-service and automation is is the end of the contact centre. I think it's actually another stage, another stage of evolution. And I think contact centres will be starting to do more and more of the end-to-end service. 
So whereas for some, traditionally, they've, they've done the introductory elements of an inquiry and then passed it to somebody else, I can see them being more and more involved in the end-to-end service and taking over cases and creating the fulfillment required for that service requirement. So some quite specific changes. And I do recall a number of years ago, I, I was involved in setting up a, a second-line technical support function for a, a mobile phone operator. And what we found there was a real need for different skills because they were dealing with different inquiries of a more complex technical nature. And the attributes and, and competencies of the people that were best suited to that were, were slightly different from those on the frontline service. There's lots of great points there that I should pick up on. But I mean, the first key point for me is that what seems to is going to happen in the future is that average handling times are going to increase and increase and increase. So how do you think we should um, be reacting to that within the call center? Well, I think they will will increase, but I think they'll be less driven. I think organizations will become less driven by an average handling time and more driven by the solution and the outcome. So I see, definitely I, I, I can foresee longer average handling times. There may be circumstances where the customers are are creating a shorter average handling time because they just want some clarification. But overall, I see a longer average handling time and a different environment, a completely different environment for contact center advisors to work in. So potentially with them being a little bit more self-managed, being more focused on controlling the pace that's comfortable for themselves and for the customer. So a little less racing through interactions and actually making them better paced, which sort of leads me to feel actually the occupancy issue that we've seen in the past may not be so much of an issue in the in the future because there'll be less stress associated with those particular jobs. I do think there'll be a need for different roles for team leaders. I think they'll need to give frontline advisors greater responsibility for their own workload and greater accountability for that. And and I also think, you know, there's a need for more training and creating different behaviors as much as anything else. Yeah, I think it's something that we're seeing more and more in contact centers now kind of moving away from adherence-based cultures and trying to work on that environment, as you say, to make it to make uh, it more self-manageable for advisors. And I think that's a very key point as well as maybe the occupancy, how we should, if handling times are increasingly increasing, maybe we should step back a little bit and give advisors more time in between calls to refocus on the next one. I think there's also a key point there about where contact centers will invest more support uh, advisors. Do you think maybe they'll look at technologies as well to help with that, such as maybe chatbots for assisting agents, not necessarily customer facing chatbots, but like to help give advisors the right answers? Yes, I think one of the key skills in the future for for advisors will not necessarily having all of the knowledge themselves, but understanding where to go to get the knowledge. So I still think that we're going to live in a world where multi-skilling creates efficiency. And okay, there'll be some specialist product knowledge for some people. And I still think there'll be second line support or escalation routes. But overall, I think one of the key things for contact centers in their future strategies is how do we make sure that all of the knowledge that this person requires is available to them in a format that's easy for them to use and easy for them to translate into customer-friendly terms and enable them to to deliver a, a solution? 
So yeah, sourcing that knowledge is, is, is really important, really, really important. And having the right attributes, as I say, to go and find it. One of the things that always surprises me with, with knowledge, and I still see it today, is that in some contact centers, particularly with self-service and automation, they provide more information and knowledge to their customers than they do to their frontline staff. Which is ridiculous, really, because that's the port of call when they don't, when customers don't manage to do things themselves. It's those frontline staff. I think there's definitely more and more focus now as well going on uh, knowledge management and ensuring there's like a knowledge manager who is regularly reviewing and updating those knowledge articles. And I think that's a great topic for us to uh, kind of maybe focus on a bit later on. But you mentioned multi-skilling earlier in your article, and that's kind of one area that I really want to focus now. And do you think contact centers will perhaps, I was thinking that maybe they would move away from multi-skilling in order to create specialists in different areas. I don't know what your thoughts were on this. Yeah, I suppose that all contact centers are different and the services and products and, and whatever is all different. So there'll be some variable and what we, you know, what we predict isn't going to be right for all. Overall, I see that if you enable people and you give people the right training and the right skills and access to the right knowledge, they can start to do more and more and more. So in that perspective, you need to be able to spread that work experience across as many inquiries as possible. And I'm thinking particularly around where inquiry times are quite low, but you still need to provide some of them. Being able to access the full port of knowledge is going to be really important. So I do believe that multi-skilling will still be paramount. I think it's interesting as well how it... um quite links into uh, the earlier point that you were making about creating the right environment. Do you maybe see solutions such as a unified queue so advisors are still working on different channels so they're multi-skilled in that way, but it's all coming through to them in a better way? Yes, I think that's Im- that's important. I think um, I've always felt as though there are differences in, in, in channels and the way they should be handled. But I think Again, that's another skill for the future in terms of having a multi-skilled agent that's multi-skilled not only in the products and the services and the inquiry types, but also in the channels that they're managing and supporting. So, yes, bringing that information together in that timely manner in a, in, in a fashion where they can deal with multiple inquiries if necessary is going to be quite challenging, but quite rewarding as well, I think. And I think we're looking at what, what I foresee is that in the future – advisors will will perhaps be a little bit more highly regarded, a little bit more well-respected, and possibly regarded as being more of a career than a role. So I see lots of organizations where they they talk about how people move, go into the contact center as their first, first role in that organization, and then move through to the rest of the organization. What I see in the future is possibly a reversal of that where people are starting to actually aspire to work into a contact center because the conditions are much better. The role is much more interesting. It's a different level of pressure. It's developing solutions for customers and, and, and generally a, little, a more interesting role than it is at the moment. Absolutely. I think that'll be music to many uh, people in the contact center industry's ears there. And it that point links in very well to the next question, which I wanted to ask, and that was with the advisor role potentially becoming more complex, will we? do you think we'll have to start paying advisors more? I think so. I think I would like to think so. It, it's always amazed me how organizations will really present a strong brand, but then they'll put their lowest paid staff on the front line facing customers. So I think as organizations start to change and, and understand 
their interactions with customers more, then they will need to start paying. Of course, it will be driven by market forces and competing opportunities for advisors, which which could well increase the rate. But I think what I'm talking about here and what I'm predicting is that there'll be a, a different type of advisor in the future that will be demanding a higher salary because they're delivering a more solution-driven service rather than just delivering a response. So from that perspective, I think it'll be, uh, it'll be well-warranted and well-deserved and hopefully start to attract and retain really good people because I see so many really good people in the front line of contact centre services that don't stay because the money's not very good or the conditions aren't very good or because it gets a little bit repetitive. Real missed opportunities for these organisations with people. So maybe there there could be less people in the future, but if we can reward them better and retain them, then we're saving an enormous amount of uh, overhead. It's quite interesting, actually, how that position will change. You say maybe it becomes more of a definitive career option for people. And one thing I was kind of thinking about recently, will the name change itself from a contact center advisor to maybe uh, something a little bit jazzier with more kind of impetus so it reflects that change? I, I think so. I, th- I think that um, that's part of uh, attracting the right people to a particular role, isn't it? Having a, having a different job title. I think, you know, for, for some people, it doesn't matter at all. But I think actually, when you're advertising vacancies, then having an, an attractive title does make a difference and gives people some some pride in what they more pride in what they do. So yeah, I, I think that there's always been uh, quite a lot of creativity with regard to trying to make job titles more exciting. I think that will continue, but I think the role will become more exciting as well. Yeah, I can even see um, the name of the contact center changing itself. I've I've heard uh, certain organizations call it the customer experience hub. Is this something that you predict changing more? I think it will. I think that's that's about creating some freshness as well, isn't it? And relaunching services uh, by by rebranding and giving them different names. Yeah, I, I think there. You know, I, I've seen solutions centers, lots of different names for different services. And I think that just creates a little bit more of of a level of interest in in where people work. You know, I think for for many people, they talk with pride about where they work and their job they do. So I do think that the the name needs to evolve with time and become more modern. You know, we've we've talked from we we had a few years ago it was um, you know core center everything was core center now it's contact center but there's so many variations on contact center that I think it's just going to continue to grow. Yeah, I think the one that particularly I know customer experience hub is something we're all now kind of hearing about the customer experience instead of uh, as a collection of different uh, customer service touch points. But the customer care one particularly sticks in my mind as we're talking here about advisors taking longer, more difficult calls. And that's uh, potentially with uh, even more emotionally engaged customers. So that that was one idea that I really liked. But Moving on to another kind of point now, do you think contact centers will come under pressure from their customer base maybe to move to 24-hour service as that's becoming a bigger expectations of our customers? Well, I think as products and services change and the, the offering to customer changes, then then yes, it will in, in some circumstances. So for example, if you look at a bank that's, that supports um, app-based transactions only, they don't allow telephone bank they don't promote telephone banking they don't service telephone banking but they do provide 
a backup service for people who are struggling to use their app. So if, if you use that particular example, if, if you're going to a, a cash point to get a, to withdraw some money evening out, you need to be able to speak to somebody if there's a problem. So I think they, the, the strengthening and improvement of the customer offering will definitely introduce a greater demand for 24-hour service, or if not 24-hour service, an extended service. So some things are, are becoming so dependable and so needed now that we, we want to be able to speak to somebody straight away when something's not working. Mm. It kind of it brings me to um, another point actually on staff scheduling in terms of how do you think that could possibly work? Do you think that contact centers would look for a dedicated night staff? And do you think it would be difficult for them to kind of look for people to fill that role? Well, I have quite a lot of experience in, in 24-hour services and and there's different trains of thought with this. I, I think there's, there's, there's one train of thought that says, actually, we should just rotate people and then that makes sure that everybody feels part of the organization. We don't start to have individual cultures and, and, and those sorts of things. The other train of thought is, actually, if people don't want to work nights, they won't apply for those 24-hour positions. So you may be missing out on, on having good quality people. And the opposing view is that some people are happy to only work nights and they're, they're very good at it. I think that those shifts, different shifts have a different sort of experience for the advisor. And I think that working throughout the night, for example, there's generally fewer people there and it's a different sort of environment to how it is in the daytime where the rest of the organization is is around and and and, and supporting the contact center. So I think my personal view is that I think it's very difficult to recruit a large number of people on the basis that they're going to work 24-hour shift patterns. And I think there are some people that for a similar, in the same way that some people don't want to work nights, some people only want to work nights. And if they've got the right skills and the right competences, why would you make their life difficult for them? I think the key there is to kind of create shift patterns and recruit for certain types of lifestyles. And I think that's a very key point. And I think as we're talking about the advisor role in the future, I noticed that maybe the expectations of new members of the team, young members of the team, don't necessarily want to work that traditional 37 and a half hour week with maybe five days a week as well. Because I went to um, a contact center recently and they created loads of different shift patterns. And they said to their advisors, which ones would you most likely to work? They actually said the 37 and a half hour week, but only on the four days instead of uh, the five days. Do you, do you see a lot of changing preferences uh, like this? And do you think that will influence future shift patterns too? Yes, I do. I'm seeing that more and more, more around lifestyles, as you as you've said. So I think the advisor of the future is is of course their lifestyle is based on more and more organisations and services being available throughout different times. So you know, 24 hour shopping, that sort of thing. The key with with a lot of this is trying to to ensure that you can attract and retain the best people to to work for your contact centre. So I think there's need to be flexibility to do that. I certainly find uh, I've been doing quite a lot of work recently in terms of looking at resource planning. And when I ask for shift patterns, I'm getting more and more organizations that send me individual shifts based around individual people. And whilst 
you know, we all talk around, well, that doesn't always fit the needs of the business. If it's attracting and retaining the correct people and good quality people, then maybe that is meeting the needs of the business. Yeah, I think there's that's certainly another interesting area um, into which to look out for in the future. We've discussed many of these areas today, but how is there any other ideas that you have in terms of how the contact center advisor role might change in the future? I think the well, we've talked a lot about the advisor role. I haven't really talked around the the team leader and the management role, and I think they they will change. I think there'll be more technology to support them in terms of managing people. I think the advisors, I talked around how I see them being a little bit more responsible and accountable for their own workload and their own outcomes and their own performance. So I I see the role of the team leader changing to perhaps be a little bit more around motivational and supporting and ensuring that any issues are resolved much faster, but maybe in more of a supportive than a managerial role in the future which is quite a change. And I think that's quite a mindset for team leaders to, 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 to think around as well. Some team leaders that are in place at the moment, I don't think would necessarily make um, suitable team leaders in the future because of that, that change, you know, because they're very, very good at managing performance, but they're not necessarily as good at, um, at, at liaising with their team to be able to give them feedback and, and, and motivate and support them. Yeah, so it's almost like the kind of key skills that qualifies a good team leader and manager will uh, also change. And that's an important area that we need to think of. And it, I guess all this, we're talking about the future, this comes back to an old principle that the best advisors might not make the best leaders. Oh, exactly. Very true. You look in, in sales environments, you know, the best sales people don't always make the best sales managers. And I think it goes back to, I, I managed a technical support team many years ago. It wasn't a surprise to me when I first had that role to find out that many of the technical support experts with marketable skills were actually paid a lot more than I was as their manager. And I think that's something that's going to become more and more common. I think we see it in some areas now. If we, if we look at sport, for example, sport is a good example of where sports people are paid substantially more than their, their managers at times. I think in technical support, that's certainly been the case for, for a long time because of marketable skills. And I suspect that in, in contact centers and service delivery, that will also be the case because advisors will have a greater knowledge and capability and strength than perhaps the people who are leading them. It's interesting, um, that idea. I think we spoke of the fact that advisors in the future will be more skilled in, in a few main areas there. And that's one of those is communication another is technology and one other is working across uh, different channels. But I remember you wrote an article uh, with us uh, a little while back for Call Centre Helper where you said that you think advisors, we might look into advisor skills and solution development too. Is this, is this another area that you think advisors might be leaned on more and more? Yes, I think they will. And I think that a number of things, I, I think uh, add, adding to the communication skills, I think having empathy and uh, with the customer will become more and more important. So, uh, and again, going back to my experience of managing technical people and technical teams is they're often very, very good at being able to solve a problem and resolve an issue, but they haven't always been good at understanding the impact that that has on the customer or necessarily being able to com- communicate it well with the customer. You know, a lot of people will will understand the picture I'm going to paint about you have a problem with your PC and uh, somebody comes along and they uh, they sort of just take over for a minute and it's click, 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 a few stabs at different buttons and it's fixed. 
and they're off. And you don't know what they've done. You don't know the impact. And invariably, something else goes wrong later, and they come back and they click, 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 and, and change it again. So I think there's a need for greater communication, greater empathy with the customer, and to become more empathic in terms of dealing with that customer from that situation. Absolutely. And I'd have to agree that those four areas of communication, technology, working across different channels and solution development are key. But right now, contact centers are focused on providing great service at one specific customer touch point. Do you think that advisors over time will become more educated on the wider customer experience as well as what they are focused on now? So I've, I've talked mainly about the behavioral side of advisors. I think the, the knowledge and the capability and the technical competence, and the technical doesn't have to mean about IT, it could well mean around any level, level of service, but that knowledge about that service is going to be more and more important. And where I talked a little bit earlier about the role of the contact center changing, I see more and more of that knowledge that the advisors are, are obtaining from that process being valuable to the rest of the organization. So more and more work in service and product development taking place within the contact center and the rest of the organization coming to the contact center for that knowledge, information, experience, and and expertise. So a very exciting future. Hmm. I think that's a really uh, nice and positive uh, note to end on there, Martin. I think uh, we've gone through lots of uh, great ideas today, but is there anywhere where our listeners can uh, make sure they keep up to date with any more of uh, this information and any more content that you might bring out in the future? Yes, there's a, there's a website, www.empathyplus.co.uk. So that's empathy without an E on the front, where there's uh, frequent blogs, articles that we, we place there and some, some various thoughts there. Martin Dukes on LinkedIn, or you can always give us a call from the details on our website. That's all for this episode. Thank you to Martin Dukes for joining us today. Just one last point before we go. The article that Martin has written on this topic, as introduced at the beginning of this episode, can be found by simply following the relevant link in the description below. We hope that you enjoyed the article and that it helps to add even more insight into the future of the Contact Centre. This episode of the Contact Centre podcast is sponsored by Genesis. Genesis is the global leader in omnichannel customer experience and contact center solutions. More than 11,000 companies in over 100 countries trust the Genesis customer experience platform to help them connect effortlessly with consumers across any channel, voice, text, web chat, and social. If you would like to see a demonstration of the Genesis Pure Cloud contact center platform, visit callcenterhelper.com forward slash demo. Next week on the Contact Center podcast, we'll be looking at the topic of improving soft skills in customer service with Steve Shellebear, a training consultant with over 20 years experience in contact centers. The Contact Center podcast is produced by Call Center Helper, the leading contact center magazine. You can subscribe to our podcasts or give us a good rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. You can also access our entire range of podcasts through the Call Center Helper website by visiting callcenterhelper.com forward slash podcasts.
Thanks again for listening to the entirety of our podcast. Your support means a lot to us as we want to keep the success of this podcast going. And to stay successful, we're always looking to improve. So we have created a simple five-question survey. This survey will help us to better tailor our content to you, our loyal listeners. Also, by filling in the survey, you might just win a bottle of champagne or a box of chocolates. All you have to do is click on the link in the description box below. Thanks again for listening, and as ever, stay tuned.